And that's Kane causing basically the first murder in history. I'm in the wrong podcast. I thought we were talking about the chicken place raising canes. <laughs> You've got this horribly wrong. What about candy canes? Is it about cane toads? They are sinfully sweet. Nope, no, not that one. I just wanted to talk about fried chicken, man. You are way <laughs> off. <laughs> See, I thought this was a food cast. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to have to duck out. Uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with him on this one. I'll... Duck does sound pretty good right now. Ooh, duck. But that's not chicken. As a reminder, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. The notes for what episodes that might be soiled will be in the description. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gaming Theater Podcast. Today's episode is episode 9. Let's talk about Kane. Now, before we get started, I'm going to introduce ourselves to some of the groups and peoples that you may have heard before that will allow us to, you know, explore this subject that is Kane. Once again, I am Geek Scorpio, also known as Leo. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Steve. Oh, fine. I guess I get voluntold to do it. My name is Steven, also known as Nibble Snarf, or aka Nibbles, depending on how you want to call me. Some people call me Nibble Snarf, some people call me Nibbles, or some people call me Nibs, because it's just too hard to say the rest. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to kick it over to Brandon. You're being voluntold. Go. What? Where? What year is it? <laughs> Hi, this is Brandon, also known as Tomato Man, and also a part of Gaming Theater Presents, as well as other things on the internet. And that leaves me. Uh, I'm Kyle, and I go by KBI, uh, also a member of Gaming Theater Presents. And uh, ironically, the uh, last episode that I was on involved naming conventions, and we're going to be talking about a name today. Exactly. I think that's kind of appropriate. Now, before we get started, let's take a quick trip to the Magical Merch booth. Hi everyone, this is Zombie Hand. Leo the Geek Scorpio wanted to let you know that the Magical Merch Booth is going to be closed down for a bit as we're getting ready for a live podcast at the Gem State Gaming Convention in Boise, Idaho on Saturday, July 2nd. Gem State Gaming Convention is Idaho's premier board game, tabletop role-playing game, and trading card game convention. Three days packed full of tabletop gaming of all kinds, with fun interactive experiences featuring local and regional artists and exhibitors, a board game library with hundreds of options to check out all weekend long, including dozens of titles you can potentially win and take home with you in their play-to-win library, guest speakers including Gaming Theater Presents, and some creative workshops. This convention will be held at 850 West Front Street, Boise, Idaho, 83702. A link to the site will be available in the description. The convention will be going from July 1st through the 3rd. You can follow Gem State Gaming Convention on Facebook and Twitter for a full schedule of events as they're posted. If you're in the area, stop by for our live podcast on Saturday the 2nd. Thank you for listening, and now back to the show. Okay, everybody. So, what we're talking about today is Kane. Now, what this is was what brought about this episode is that names and naming conventions are an important thing for stories and storytellings. Now, some names though will transcend and become this weird name that gets its own little um, history or mythology that just sort of is built around the name. So much so that other stories will carry that name forward and use the same name as sort of a quick reference or quick guide of something to that extent. 
like if you name something Apollo, there's going to be something that usually travels a lot, like the Apollo program, where it just goes straight to the moon. Or if you name something such as uh, Serena, which is a play on, I think, uh, what is it? The goddess of the moon, Greek mythology. Why can't they think of her name? Selene. Selene. Yeah. Selene. Yeah. Selene is another one where Selene or Selene are all a play on the name Selene and they're all therefore they're associated with the moon, like Sailor Moon and um, Selene from ironically DuckTales has a Selene, but that's actually the goddess of the moon. So today's name that we're talking about is probably one of the ones that have been hopped around in uh, in mythology and history readily. And it's an old one. It is Cain. Now, if you want the origin stories of Cain, we kind of have to go with sort of the original Cain for that. And this is Cain from the Bible. So an expert, uh, sort of a shorthand of, of the story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel are the sons of Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve got kicked out of the Garden of Eden, they still ha- they had two kids. One's Cain, the first and the oldest, and the other one's Abel. Uh, Cain was a farmer and would tend to those farms, and Abel was a shepherd and would tend to sheep and other herding. And whenever they would sacrifice to the, uh, make a sacrifice to God, they would, uh, Cain would present fruits and, and the toils of his labor from fruits, grains, and things that he grew in the farm. Meanwhile, Abel would come by with sheep, and it's always, but Abel always had the biggest, the fattest portions of sheep in their flock. And so, as God being uh, slightly petty at this point, is like, all right, Abel's giving me the coolest of the of his uh, of his sacrifices. He'll be getting the, more of the blessings for that. All right, and Cain gets bitter at the fact that basically Abel gets shut out. So, like for example, in this portion of of the Bible, Genesis, I think verse six, the Lord said to Cain, "Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, you, uh, will you not be accepted?" But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, have you, but you must rule over it. Basically, worry, hey, Cain, just because you're not getting the favorite one right now, chill. It, it, it it's coming to you. And at some point, Cain and uh, Cain still gets bitter and mad. And at and later, talks to his brother. Goes, hey, Abel, how about let's just go out to the field real quick? All right. And much like Thunderdome, two men enter, but one man leaves. And that's Cain causing basically the first murder in history. I'm in the wrong podcast. I thought we were talking about the chicken place raising canes. <laughs> You've got this horribly wrong. What about candy canes? Is it about cane toads? They are sinfully sweet. Nope, nope not that one. I just wanted to talk about fried chicken, man. You are way <laughs> off. See, I thought this was a food cast. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to have to duck out. Uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with him on this one. I'll... Duck does sound pretty good right now. Ooh, duck. But that's not You know who would love? What about what about veal? What about lamb? You know who would love lamb? Abel, who is dead at this point of the story. Let's get back to this one. All right, all right, all right. See how I spun it around? Anywho. So this is the old times. God's eye is basically everywhere. The first thing he says, what did you do? What did you do, Cain? And uh, why did you do this? You, you just killed him. And you just killed your brother. Well, first, actually, let me backtrack. God asks, uh, uh, asks, Cain, uh, asks Cain, where's your brother Abel? Cain's repl- replies, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? 
The Lord said, okay, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out for, out to me from the ground. Now, here's where things get kind of biblical and mean for this one. In Genesis, it goes, now you are under a curse and driven from the, from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops to you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, Our, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. And I will be restless wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. So he's basically at this point, I'm cursed, doomed to wander the earth until someone kills me. And no one's going to, uh, to know where else. That's okay. Yeah, God has other plans. As the next verse goes on, <laughs> But the Lord said to him, Not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put the mark on Cain so that no one would, who, who found him would kill him. So Cain went out to the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, which is east of Eden. So he goes east. You're out. So Cain's basically kicked out of the place that, that her, his parents, Adam and Eve, got kicked out of for the first time. And if I'm understanding this right, doomed to walk the earth until something tries to kill him. But no one wants to try to kill him because you're going to get cursed seven times worse than Cain is. You are a walking, talking hell on earth. Enjoy. <laughs> but yeah, you kind of... Yeah, it doesn't sound too pleasant. Not really. Although... It doesn't sound too pleasant um, the slightest bit. Takes on the first murder a little much on this guy. Yeah. Very much so. That is a small set of passages for that. It's not even, uh, it's I think something like eight, maybe seven verses of the whole thing. Seven or eight verses. But that whole thing defines Cain himself. Cain gets associated with basically evil by causing the first big sin by murdering his brother. And so we take that name Cain to usually, at least for story purposes, anyone who's titled with the name Cain has a, has a notion of being evil, dark, sinister, something to that extent. Um, some, of the, uh, some of these may be familiar to other people, but other stories and mythologies tend to play up on Cain. And that's what we're talking about here. The, Cain shows up in different ways, and these are sort of the, a few examples of the Cain that we uh, people named Cain who have it. It's weird because Cain has multiple spellings, but they can't, their root is the same thing. I think it's spelled K-N-E, K as in night, A-N-E, then... C as in Charlie, A N A I N, um, K A N E. Yeah. So, but yeah. So these are some of the examples on that. Probably the quickest video game example that I know of is literally Kane from the Legacy of Kane series. And that Kane is. Yep. Oh, what is his origins? Uh, Kai, you might know more about this. He dies. And that gets resurrected, right? Well, I was going to say, Kyle would be the one to talk to about that. Yeah. Right, right. So the case of uh, a Legacy of Cain, uh, starting with Blood Omen, of course. Uh, Cain is actually a noble, you know, born from a noble family. He uh, seeks refuge at a tavern, but they turn him away. Um, he exits the tavern into the rain and is attacked by bandits who murder him quite quickly um but instead of death he comes to and is given a choice by the necromancer mortanius um, who 
gives Cain the opportunity for revenge. Um, when he takes that offer, Mortanius turns him into a vampire. Now, I know you may be wondering how does a necromancer turn someone into a vampire, but that is spoilers that they get to later in the series, and believe me, they do answer it in a satisfactory way. Um, Kane eventually gets his uh, revenge on the bandits that killed him, but it turns out that it was just a small part of a mm-hmm. much, much bigger game. Yeah, I think it's... Oh, uh, should well, I go on if, from there? For our purposes, I think that's about it. The thing that you gotta know about that is Kane didn't start off murdering the people left and right from the countryside. He did that after he became turned into a vampire. And uh, and I know they explained really well why. Right. Because he can still turn people into vampires, but he's a different kind of vampire, basically. Basically, um, he wasn't uh, turned in the traditional way of, you know, the, the bite in the neck and, and all that. Um, Magic's a hell of a drug. <laughs> magic no 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 it's actually it wasn't magic even uh per se i mean technically it was but it also wasn't um do, do we i mean i know that we have a spoiler warning should i just say yeah, go yeah ahead. Sure, it's yeah. already spoiler warning is in place at this point if anybody hasn't played legacy kane needs to play it too so so mortanius has a a certain artifact that is very important to the story the heart of janos audrin the first vampire he used the heart and implanted it into Cain, thus turning him into a vampire. Oh, because yep. I didn't play the later one, so that's why. The Heart of Darkness. Mm-hmm. I hate that game. The Heart of Darkness, yeah. Also, if you were... Sorry, I do not like the Heart of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard game, but that's not what we're talking about here. It is a hard game, but not what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, but if you are a fan of like voice acting in general, some of the best voice actors are in the Legacy of Kane series. Simon Templeman, Tony Jay, oh, I always forget the voice of Michael Bell, Raziel. Michael Bell. Yeah, Raziel. And then there's also uh oh gosh, the guy who is Odo in Star Trek. Rene Auberginois. Yeah, because he's he's a uh, um oh god, I forget the name He's of actually him. he's actually Janos Aldrin. Yeah, that's right. In, I was uh, say he's Janos Legacy Aldrin. of Kane Defiance. All-star cast. All-star cast. All-star cast. Fantastic storyline. Difficult to play in a modern setting because I'm used to the game being a lot faster, but that's just a... That's just... It's an old PS1 game. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring up Kane first is because he's a vampire. If you went into tabletop RBGs, this is where we get Kane from the Vampire the Masquerade series. They base it that the first uh, vampire is Kane. Mm-hmm. Like in the tale of, of Kane. He's doomed to water the earth, basically undead. It's a curse. He cannot die, and I believe they turn him into basically being the first vampire. The whole part about um, God's eye being turned away from him is basically a, a reference to he will never see the light, as in, in this case, sunlight. And that's where that shows up in the Vampire of the Masquerade series. I've played a couple of video games from the Vampire of the Masquerade series. It's kind of interesting. They have vampiric lore. But essentially, they treat it like Bible Two Electric Boogaloo, which is all that is is the is the story of of what happens to Kane after all of that, and then he just sort of disappears. Vampire of the Masquerade. Anyone who's played that, either the video games or the books, know that not all vampires are bad. That's just this is where their origins. Pretty from. much, yeah. And this is where the release of it you go through, but that's you're still a vampire. You still have that sort of <laughs> thing for yourself. 
Everything has an origin, no matter what it is. It always has an origin. Comes from somewhere, mm-hmm. comes from someplace. It's how I've always viewed it. And I mean, kind of transitioning that too. It's like if we're going to talk about Cades, the video game uh, franchise, let's also move on to another one that's actually probably more of a common, well-known one for a lot of people, at least in the role-playing realm, would be Kane Highwind of the Final Fantasy IV franchise. Well, Final Fantasy franchise, and then Final Fantasy IV, also two in America. Technically, it is a franchise, though. Like four specifically, because uh, uh, depending mm-hmm. on what time frame and era you were born in, um, but that's another great example, though. It's great, fran- yeah, great franchise. And like, if anybody's ever played four, I always recommend it. It's still to this day my favorite of all the Final Fantasies. Uh, but it, but I mean, when we talk about the characters, though, it's like if you talk about Kane Highwind and what his origin story was, his actually very very similarly represents that of the original Kane as well. When you look at the lore of Kane Highwind, you find that him and Cecil both were raised by the King of Baron. Kane had lost his father at a very young age. Cecil was an orphan. However, Cecil showed, uh, Cecil was showed, uh, showed more favor by the King of Baron, thus causing Kane to continuously get a little bit more bitter and jealous and annoyed by this very similar to Cain of original biblical figures to the point that it starts to become a thing where he starts to develop romantic feelings for Rosa, who is the woman who ends up causing the two to stop fighting and start being more close to like close together as friends, AKA brothers, the way the Cecil always views Cain is more of a brother feeling. Um, and then, of course, obviously the game goes through. And again, spoiler, but, you know, hey, the, you got the warning. So if you're here, you got the warning. Um, the spoiler of it is, is that Kane is being mind-controlled because he's got all the sin in him. The sin has taken root in Kane, So thus he ends up trying to kill Cecil. He ends up trying to kidnap Rosa. He ends up working for the bad guys. He's all being brainwashed because, if you once again, you look at the biblical portions of all of that, sin has taken root that's exactly what that is so that's another one right there too that i would like say it's like you want to talk about kane and we're going to get to like the more like more well-known ones there's that one there that a lot of people know too and then of course and i'm sure i don't i don't know i haven't played too much of the binding of isaac but i do know that there is kane in the binding of isaac brandon would you happen to know a little (laughs) bit more about that one um other than the fact that binding of isaac itself is a allegory to the bible as a whole and that isaac is actually inspired by i believe a character named isaac in the bible no i do not so isaac from the the biblical isaac yep. okay yeah uh when we think about uh kane in final fantasy 4 uh that iconic armor <laughs> yep the dragoon armor the one that has started all the dragoons it, it's funny too when you think about that because um <laughs> thinking on it kane being a vampire from um uh, uh blood omen series makes me think of Dracula whose sigil was that of a dragon and the dragoon's armor. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. It all kind of leads into it a bit. I mean, Dracula, Dracul dragon straight yeah, up. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Very much so on that one. That's true. I didn't actually put two and two together on that one though. And then, uh, yeah, until, until now. you mentioned that. <laughs> and then of course, because I didn't do it until just now either. There's always going to be the honorable mention of Kane from Kane and Lynch. And then there's the one that I think a lot of people are going to be most well-known with. And I know you, Leo, and you, Kyle, will know this Kane better than any of them. The Command and Conquer series, Kane. Oh, yes. 
Um, yeah, he basically calls himself Cain, and this is kind of an important point. Um, much like so in the Binding of Isaac, the uh, for that game, a lot of the uh, uh, there's a lot of extra characters that you can play as. They're all named after biblical characters: Isaac, uh, Magdalen, uh, Cain, Abel, Judas. They have different sets of powers. Uh, they're mostly a skin swap, though. Mm-hmm. It's not like they put a huge story reference to it. The game as a whole, though, is a, is an alleg- uh, is a allegory for the Bible. Yes. Um. And, but when it comes to say in this case where we have a uh, Command and Conquer series, he names himself Cain because he knows uh, because he picks the name Cain because it's a biblical figure, and that's sort of a thing that people. That's if you're wondering why the name keeps sticking around. It's it's still a biblical name. Yep. Anything that's a that has that much reverence would keep flowing. Let's religion will do that for a lot. The most popular common uh, first name in the world is Muhammad for the Muslim communities. So it's not that uncommon for something like this to keep following uh, following suit. Now, what happens in this case for Cain uh, from the Command and Conquer series, he uses that to influence his own, uh, that name and basically becomes a bloodthirsty bad guy for, for the most part of the series. He is your biggest opposer. Well, unless you're on the side of Nod, in which case uh, he's your charismatic leader. Um, <clears throat> but there's actually a lot of story behind that Cain as well. Um, in there is a belief amongst the members of the Brotherhood of Nod that he is the biblical Cain. Um, according, it, it, here's the catch about Cain in Command and Conquer, is that all of the known story about Cain is only from what Cain has told. And so you have to take it with a bit of a grain of salt. You can't really fact check the only guy who knows, the, who knows where it's going. However, um... In the lore, at one point, he was the advisor to Joseph Stalin um, before the Second World War. So there's some potential credence to his uh, longevity. Yeah, that's one of the things. Is like he is in the history books from Cain. Uh, shows up in the Command and Conquer series in the history books, something like in the 30s or so, um, to be in time with Joseph Stalin. The game takes place what I think 1990 something. Uh, the the entire series spans, um, let's see, World War Two. Um, then after that, all the way, all the way up to 2077. Yeah, it, it goes all the way up to 2077, which I think is yeah, which I think is the fourth game. Yeah, okay, 2077 is the uh, it, that's the last one with Kane. Wars, right? Well, whatever the fourth game was. I don't know if that was Tiberian Wars. I thought that was the third one. Oh, Tiberian Twilight is Command and Conquer 4. Because I think the fourth one is when it happens. He he doesn't die. He ascends, is what I remember. Which was his goal to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the one that is, is the one that uh, happens. Because if I remember correctly, Kane gets captured at the end of the Tiberian War, the Skrin. If, I think that was the name of the alien race. Was that the name of the alien race, the Skrin? Yeah, the Skrin. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. There's also something in there that the uh, the Skrin know. Th- there's something about the Skrin that they know Kane's yeah. DNA signature from somewhere off world. So there is the possibility that that Kane could be an extraterrestrial. 
Command of Kakarot 4 takes place in 2062. Kane is basically something of, of 150 years old by the time the series ends, and could be older than that, too. Well, could be older than that, though, too, if it's true. It's like, especially especially the fact that it's like, if he's saying that, because if you remember his iconic speech when he first started, he first appeared, he even said it, too. He came to this earth when he found mankind still living in mud huts. So, you know, it's like, that's a very long time to have been on this planet. According, according to him, though. Yeah, according to him. Yeah, according to him. That's his speech. But with the fact that the way Tiberian Wars and Tiberian Twilight played out, there is some credence to the speech. There is some evidence linked to the fact that he may not have been lying about the whole thing. He may have been a figure that just kept reappearing and reappearing and reappearing. And yep, he could, be. could very well be immortal. Could be. I mean, he ascended, so hard to say. Kane from Command and Conquer is kind of an interesting one because basically he leads Nod, and you get to, and he gives you your assignments when you're playing the Nod campaign. And with it, he gets to abuse and use as much Tiberian as possible, and that that stuff is crazy. Very radio. If I remember correctly, it's it's very very radioactive. Well, Tiberian is a type of power source, so it. I went back and I ended up playing Command and Conquer one, and essentially. Tiberians is used as a fairly, it's uh, it's a radioactive power source, but it's easily containable. And so Tiberian becomes used as a radioactive source, and since it generates so much power, they use that in the different places in the world, and the places that, and where the Tiberians used, they trade it for gold. Now, the reason why that's important is almost every, uh, some of the major spots on the planet that have Tiberian is controlled by Nod. And so basically, he studies, works with, and uh, and uses as much Tiberian as possible. But that's sort of uh, encrenching into different places. They don't even realize Tiberian's a major problem until uh, Command & Conquer 2 or 3. <laughs> Kane don't care. Kane wants to use that to get the signal over to... Um, uh, he's just abused and addicted to Tiberian, and he wants to use that to get the signal over to the screen. There's, there's a whole backstory with with Command & Conquer series, which, firstly, I would love to see another uh, another Command & Conquer game, but not the way that they're doing the, is doing the Command & Conquer series right now. That says a lot right there. They realize they've done. They realize they've done messed up to the point that they have no credibility anymore. And I mean, again, it doesn't help too that they've lost their V-Field soccer rights and all that other jazz. But that, that's that's a story for another day that we can go into. That's a story for another day. Now, if they're not going to limit the term Kane for just video games, that's just you know we're gaming theater. That's game video games are our bread and butter. But um, if I wanted to go with another uh, Kane, I personally one of my favorite ones is from RoboCop Two. I've actually got one for this too, not for RoboCop, but for another movie. When it get, when we get to it, yeah. Oh, yeah. So like in RoboCop two, um, and they sort of make it, which they make this weird statement on it because they try one of the key RoboCop two is kind of a mess because there's like three plots going on at the same time. But one of the plausible points is that they want to make an, another RoboCop. The first one's Alex Murphy, but and it was successful. It lowered crime, and it did what it needed to do. Fear will do that. The second one, uh, uh, they wanted to make a second RoboCop system. The problem is they were bumping into a bunch of real problems finding another person who could be, who has it. Uh, there's a psychologist in there who's, and some of their experimentation with it, that near as they can figure, the problem is, is that they are not Alex Murphy. We talked about this before in the previous episode, 
that Robocop originally was a chosen one. Alex Murphy's brain gets put in there. Dumb luck, he happens to get put in there. In Robocop 2, they explain that basically his training, his morality, and his dedication to to justice and law is what made it why he didn't try to kill himself or could accept the RoboCop program. Yeah, he was his personality and morality was resonating with the programming they wanted. If you haven't seen the first RoboCop movie, the guy who run who started the RoboCop program dies at the end of the movie. Is he the one that gets like launched out the window or No, no, that's a different guy. No, um, it's the one he's the one that basically the ba- uh the the hitman slash drug uh, drug dealer who's I can't remember the name of the gang, but shows up at his house, kicks the hookers out, and then shoots him up in his own house. Basically, it's what happens. Well, not he shoots him up and then drops a grenade and sets a grenade to go off. But yeah, I mean that's the guy who dead who ends up running started the RoboCop program and ends up getting uh, ceremoniously exited out of the building. All this talk about you know vampires who drink blood and that's the darkest sentence we've had so far this podcast. <laughs> right. You're welcome. <laughs> and, I, and the sad part is I just rolled right off my tongue like I was like fucking second nature to me. Crap. You were ready. What does that say about me? So the thing is that when you lose the guy who knows how the, how the Robocop program works, they're kind of pulling at straws. They can make the machine. That was not their problem. They could make a a, a robotic husk to hold the thing. But they need to have the, the human brain element to make judgment and decisions. And it becomes a problem partway through Robocop 2, which I love, because screw with his brain and add in, like, thousands and thousands of lines of uh, protocols. And, and Steve, you worked in IT. Protocols are important. If your protocol, if you have two or more protocols that are confident, it's going to try to pick one and stick with it and try to get the best answer for it. It always goes off the, and it's kind of funny too you say that because protocols are pretty straightforward. It always goes from the top to the bottom. So whatever one's in front, that's the one it's going to try to go with. It's machine, machines are smart, but they're not that smart. In Robocop, they only have, to, he only has three protocols. Observe the public toss, protect the innocent. Hold the law. Uphold the law. And so, with those three protocols, it it helps his brain try to and him being and his human brain to help make the machine figure out what to do in what situation. By the time in yep. RoboCop two, they added so many protocols for that that he starts making some weird decisions and stuff because his brain is basically on fire trying to figure this out. Now, the reason why we bring this up is that he is all about law and order. He is your he's RoboCop, so. Their solution to the to it is: What if there's another? If if they could just put the brain of someone else who would want the power, who wants to be this robotic machine, and they put in Kane, who is a massive drug dealer and drug kingpin. Yeah, it's not a great plan, but essentially they use his own drugs that he's addicted to as a way of controlling Kane and keeping him on on the straight and narrow. Yeah, it, it does not work. They put in certain protocols on it, but he keeps overriding them because, well, Kane's a crazy person. Yeah, Kane's pretty freaking crazy to begin with, so it doesn't help the fact that he just finally starts figuring out how to do, like, take over and control. And then you, and it also kind of makes you wonder, too, it's like, with all the limitations they put on RoboCop, Alex Murphy RoboCop, over what they put on Kane, it was like, which dumbass was running the fucking program at that point in time? Because... I mean, we already saw what happened when the lawyer got involved. She screwed up everything on Alex Murphy Robocop, trying to make him as friendly as humanly possible and ended up turning the guy into a fucking nut job on his own, right? Oh, that wasn't a lawyer. That was one of the, like, bunch of plot sides. Oh, that's right. Like, one of the plots is that people are wanting to 
to um, this, the head of the board are wanting to, or members of the board and their vice presidents and their department heads want to get, basically wants to put themselves in a position that they get, that they can uh, be a VP or a president into the company because they have multiple presidents yeah, and they want right. to be there. But only the head CEO actually can make those decisions. And the best way to do that is to get his approval. The quickest way to do that, and this is where it comes back to Robocop 1, the guy who developed the Robocop program was getting fast-tracked to everything because he made a program that not only was successful, but it was working exactly the way it needed to and was uh, showing immense results. It's... Uh, Kind of a weird case, but it does happen more often than you think. Basically, if you get the right guy in the right position at the right time with the right job, and they can, if if every and the stars align, you can pull a miracle right, and you get fast tracked, or anybody wants to do it. Basically, you become a golden goose. It's not always about who you know. It is also sometimes about what you know. And that's that is what that kind of plays into effect, uh, effect when it comes to the Robocop series. But uh, I mean, kind of jumping back to that, though, with the second movie, though. So it's like we have this Kane, this robotic, crazy psychopath now who can only be controlled by Nuke, which was the drug, um, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was yeah Nuke. the drug is called Nuke. It's yeah. very 80s. <laughs> But if you think about it, though, too, it's like, so what it's like, you're probably asking the question, like, well, what does this cane have to do with the biblical, like the biblical figure? Well, remember, Kane visioned himself as a cult leader as well with that drug. Yeah. He, through that drug, he believed that he could lead mankind because he was giving them something that they needed to help experience euphoria, essentially. Um and and while it's not wholly lines up with the original storyline of Cain, it's still biblical references to it in a lot of ways. He still must walk the earth uh, where, um, you know, he loses his body and instead of dying, he gets reborn as this giant psychopathic robotic murderer, um, which. Boy, that was the word of the night that I just got to say out of uh, just got to say right there. <laughs> um, but uh you know, it's like murder, murder, but, uh, yeah. And I mean, and, and again, like in this course, this is like, we're talking like the original Robocop, not the 2014 Robocop too. So like to any of you younger people who are watching this pod or listening to this podcast, I should say not watching, you can't watch what you can't see. Um, yeah, there, yeah, there, there's a chance that we're probably going to do some weird stuff for uh, YouTube, but that's a whole other we'll, plan. We'll, that we'll worry about, about that down the, the line. Future. But um, yeah, anyway, so but yeah, it's like we're talking about that, though. So it's like if, if you if you guys got a moment, though, it's the Robocop franchise. Uh, well, the first two, at the very least, strongly recommend watching from the 80s films. Yeah. The the remake does not hold up as the as the original one does. It's good, um, but they took a lot of liberties. It got a lot of changes, and they didn't understand how that Robocop is a satire. But they're they're yeah. That's why I said. Um, but yeah. So basically, Robocop, our Alex Murphy, is all about law and order. That's how he runs things. Kane is all about whatever Kane wants, and what Kane wants is mm -hmm. power and drugs. That is about it. Leading a cult. He needs more power to get more drugs. Yep, leading a cult. And using drugs for power. More drugs, please. Right, yeah. And then, you know, it's like, and I'm going to kind of transition from that one, too. It's like, because we're still, like, we're no longer talking about the video game canes. We're going to talk about the reality, or I should say, movie slash TV show canes. Well, let's move on to Kane from Supernatural. Or do we want to stick with the movie element for a moment? Oh, what, what do you got for this? All right, let's yeah, talk about Yeah, stick that with one. the movie element for a second. So this is one that, uh, at first, I was trying to think, it's like, can this be linked to the biblical side of it? 
And it can, of all things, people forget. Sorry, I have cats making a lot of noise off in the corner here. Um, people forget about the movie Alien. Oh, yeah. The first Alien, Alien right? Yeah, the very first one. Yeah. A classic. Uh, Kane only appears in two of them. The second movie, he is only seen in an image. But in the first movie, it's ironic that he is the first one to make a kill in biblical history. Because he is the first one to be killed in the Alien series yep. on screen. That's very true. So I just wanted to throw that in there because uh, he is the first victim of a chestburster. Yeah, no, I actually forgot all about that. That's a great reference right there, too. Because, yeah, that's, that's if you think about it, it does link up perfectly with the biblical uh, inception of things. First one to be killed. So, well, I mean. It, it flips it over. It does the other side of it. Instead of being the first one to commit a kill, he is the first one to be killed. By proxy, he killed everyone else because he was the first one to die to a chestburster. You know, because he was the dumbass who got infected. Not wrong. He is the source of the murder that ensues through the series. See, we could put a spin on this. I could put a spin on anything. Hey, you know what? I've got a... This was Once Upon a Time a record, but right now it's um, a clock. You guys might not see it, but he has a clock that used to be a... Re- Wait, what's the record? What's the album? It says uh, Resident Evil. Here. It's a CBS record. Oh, crap. I've, I've rotated it now. I don't know what uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Public broadcasting. Stereo, 45 RPM. It's a 1987. All right, it's a 87 vinyl record. Uh, it is super blocked out. It's only got two tracks, apparently. It only has two tracks. Remember, everybody, just because it's a big <laughs> record doesn't mean that uh, it actually has a lot of information. Look, it's not official. I'm not... Oh, God dang it. All right, whatever. Just wait before I make it worse. Uh, but, yeah, so... Kane sucked. He, he died. He killed everybody by... Yeah, he killed everybody by proxy because he got infected and had an alien chestburster. Yeah, sucks to be you, dude. But yeah, um, so going back to television, uh, Supernatural actually did. Supernatural does a play on things that are supernatural, and at some point, they I think stuck with the angels storyline far too long. But that's neither here nor there. At some point, they do. Well, wasn't that like a whole season or something like that? It's everything after five, six. Issues. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. and they get some other weird ones out there. But what they have in there is, at some point, the the guys have to deal with uh, Kane because Kane is, I think, the first demon in Supernatural. Uh, yes. I need to double check that real quick. I do know that Kane. I know that Lucifer creates. No, Lilith is the first demon. Yeah, Lilith's first demon. Cain's the father of murder. He's, the, if I remember that, he's the father of murder because he was technically the first person to have killed someone. So, been a while since I've seen that. Well, this is the Cain. Yeah, this is the Cain. This is based off the biblical Cain that we were talking about in the beginning. So. That they did a, a play on it is that they have uh, is that one of the most powerful weapons in the supernatural universe is the um, is is Cain's jawbone. Well, it's not actually his jawbone. That's oddly accurate. In the uh, from most re- <laughs> from different resources, but there's nothing really definitive of it. Kane kills Abel with the jawbone uh, that's been cut- shaped into a knife. But we don't even know if that's actually. We know he goes in the woods. Kane's Kane and Abel go in the woods. Abel doesn't come back. The details are a little murky. Two men the enter. One man leaves. <laughs> No, no, cow, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
hey, hey, buddy, do you think you can you can go with me to the woods real quick? Just, just. Smidge. But yeah, so they go in there. Um, and when they come out, uh, Kane has um the first blade, which is his, uh, which is the weapon he killed Abel with. Now, along with that, there is a. Uh, along with the weapon is also the mark of Cain, which is a, a symbol that just shows up on his on his arm. Um, the mark of Cain allows that weapon to have a ton of extra power. Like before that, it's still a job, a big job of carving into a into a into a blade. You hit someone hard enough, they'll go down. But with the mark of Cain, that sucker is it can take out uh, tons and tons of monsters and demons and things. And it's a seal. Essentially, uh, what the way is the is the mark of Cain was wasn't actually Cain's originally. The mark of Cain was given to Lucifer to keep an eye uh, as a power booster, so that way they can find God's sister. At one point in time, there's a whole lot of crazy lore that comes into this place. Lucifer fails. The mark of Cain has to exist somewhere, and so because of that, he puts it on to he moves the mark of Cain to. Yeah. Uh, Lucifer moves the mark of Cain and puts it on Cain. So before then, it was just the mark. Now it's the mark of Cain because Cain's the one who has it. And then Cain, like, somehow figures out a way to get rid of that. There is a way to get rid of it, but it's a whole complicated process and nobody else does it. But you can also summon the mark of Cain, too, and get it imprinted on yourself. With that mark of Cain and the first blade, you can take on some of the most powerful demons on there, even... I don't know if it'll work on Archangels, but it's a pretty powerful stuff. I think the only thing other weapon that's just as big uh, and bad for that is the is Samuel Colt's gun. Yep, the six shooter. Yeah, well, it's a six shooter, but Samuel Colt's gun can kill, uh, as he puts it, all but four things in the supernatural universe. What would those be? God it doesn't work on God. <laughs> Nothing works on God. No, there's stuff that works on God. I know, but I'm just joking on that one. Oh, it'll kill a person pretty easily, but that's because it's a 38 revolver. Well, it's a gun. <laughs> it's a gun. It fires it's bullets. A gun with the bullet still fires fucking bullets. No, no. The question, is, the question was, what can't it kill? Yeah, that's it, and that's it. It's just four things that it can't kill. So God being one of them. Archangels are are the other one. It can't kill. Yeah. So according to the wiki for that, the mark of Cain, or simply the mark for short, was was the seal created in order to lock away the darkness. That's God's sister to darkness. God gave the mark to Lucifer, who in turn passed it on to Cain to use as the source of the first blade's power. It is one, uh, it is one half of the weapon that Cain used against the rest of the Knights of Hell. Cain, Knights of Hell is a weird, is another sort of like uber demons. Um, yeah, anyway, it's all the, uber yeah. demons at that point. Cain later copied the mark onto Dean so that the hunter could kill Abaddon, which I believe Abaddon is another... Demon, I, I can't remember. What uh, Abaddon's another demon. Yeah, yeah. Now later in the series, it was removed from its file bearer when Rowena cast a, a Rowena the witch cast a spell from the Book of the Damned, but unknowingly released the darkness upon Earth because it's meant to. It's it's a lock system. While that thing's in play, the darkness is locked away. Once you remove the that th that symbol, well someone has to carry it. No one's carrying it, and it just unlocks that door. I don't make the rules in this. The other people do. Uh, look, man, I just follow the rules. I don't make <laughs> them. I just work here. So Cain is uh, the first of the knights, and Cain himself isn't even a demon per se. 
basically a knight of hell, and then and that's just because he used to be human, and so he technically still crosses both words because of that. And if you continue to follow the lore ridiculously lo long, and these are for your hardcore Supernatural fans, Kane would probably be the great 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 great, great grandfather or grand uncle of uh, Sam and Dean. Yep, I think I remember. Seeing, I remember that reading about that too at one point. It's a brief mention, but it's a thing for that. Which kind of why, but yeah, why Kane had an, uh, had kind of an attraction towards Dean because he was like, "Well, I kind of want to know more about you, but I also don't want to fucking deal with you too." And so, there's a, it, I don't know, it's it's one of those things like he said, it was the angel arc, the angel and uh, demon arc line or uh, plot line went on just a, a touch too long for Supernatural. So, do I like Supernatural up until a point? Um... But not, but it is crazy long, and I think I've seen everything, every episode, but like the last, like ten for some reason. More than and from what I understand, I'm not missing out on that. Not surprising. But at some point, I know the completionist, the movie completionist in me is going to want is go or the TV completionist in me is going to want to go watch those episodes just to say I've done it. Um, let's see here. I can. Uh, I don't think I can think of any other TV shows kings that I can think of off the top. I of technically can, if you want to call it a TV show. Depends on how you define it. All right, let's see what you got. Well, professional wrestling, my friend. It's just a it's just a weekly television drama. It, it's a sir. No, I'm sorry, sir. We don't talk about reality TV here. <sighs> yes, we do. <laughs> we sir. do, sir. Oh. <laughs> But we also have. I couldn't help it, you know. If, if you want to also talk about Kane and and Red and Blood and blah blah blah, blah let's not forget to mention the Big Red Machine, Kane. Oh yeah, who was created for the purposes of storytelling in WWE as the. Uh, well, I can't say bastard child because we know who his father was. That was technically Paul Bearer. Um, but in any case, though, as the half brother of the Undertaker, quote unquote. Drama. Drama. <laughs> I did love, love professional wrestling. Here's the thing. I do love It doesn't make sense. I love Kane. Kane is You're fired. It it doesn't have to make sense. That's the beautiful part. No, it doesn't have to make sense. You just have to enjoy the shit out of it, and that's exactly what it was. And you have the brother Kane, the big red machine, aka uh, Glenn Jacobs, um, you know, the the current mayor, I think, of Knoxville, Texas. It's not in fact the less it makes sense, the better it is. I think it's Knoxville. Oh shoot, <laughs> that's true. And it's like, I, I mean, there's the whole like, oh, his face was burned to hell and back, and he has to wear a mask. And then three years later, they unmask him. He's perfectly fine. He got better. He's just been painting his face. That's all. It's just painting burn marks. He got got better. Shit turned me into a newt. A newt. I got better. Hang out, your dad. I got better. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, we also have that though, too. It's like, we're going to talk about the big red machine cane, um, you know, and it's like, well, his story doesn't always follow like the religious aspects of things. The, the, the closest thing we could tie to it would be, you know, able because the undertaker in this situation would be able the boss, AKA Vince McMahon favors undertaker more than Kane. Wasn't it because undertaker was becoming a face is why they did. He was coming to face at the time. Yeah. He became a face at the time, and then he did a wizard. He did a wizard act and set Paul Bear's face on fire with a shooting fireball that he literally held his hand out and the motion of a 
finger gun and fired a fireball into Paul Bear's face. And you, if you ever watched it, and I'm going to break the suspension of disbelief, you could see the goddamn string of the thing just streaking across the Paul Bear's face. <laughs> Funniest thing ever. But again, though, that was supposed to be the whole thing. So then it's like for like the next two or three weeks, they like sell it like Paul Bear knows the darkest secrets of Undertaker. And then at the next pay-per-view, which I think it was like in your house or something like that. Out comes Kane and the and the blood red lighting, the fire and brimstone, the 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 orca that sim- like the orchestrated symphony playing, and then of course the fire exploding from the rings with the Undertaker in it and all that jazz. And like, well, yeah, it's you know, it's one of those things where you don't have to make sense of it; just enjoy the hell out of it. And that's literally what it was. Like I remember thirteen year old Steven watching it back then, just going, ah! "What the hell, man!" It just because it's like, here it is. They're finally seeing a guy who has a match for The Undertaker. It's the same height as Undertaker is. Same muscular build as The Undertaker. So it's like, well, shit. Undertaker's finally met his match. And they're calling him the half-brother. <laughs> Fuck. Look, you can't find a better daytime drama at the time. That was that was mm, chef's kiss. Delicious. Exactly. 13-year-old Steve was very invested. So yeah, I looked it up. It's he's the mayor of Knox County. Knox. Knox County, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Knoxville is just as good. It's the Ville of Hard Knocks. I mean, he you're close. It's in, you, it is in Tennessee. So you're. I said you're Texas. In the bar. So I was actually off. Nah, I was yeah, off. You're... I said Texas. So yeah, the mayor of Knox County, though. But I mean, yeah, it's like we'll talk about that though too. It's like you know the. Uh, the the supposed Kane killing his brother, aka the Undertaker, he buried him. I, I'm trying to remember what the uh, um, what the match was where Kane quote unquote put Undertaker on the shelf for a small bit of time. Um, oh gosh, I think it was a casket match. No, sounds like it would be a casket match for that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, Undertaker yeah, yeah, it was. was known for his casket matches. It, well, it wasn't. It wasn't a direct match between him and Paul. Uh, between him, and Paul Barrow. Yeah, fucking Paul Barrow destroyed <laughs> in that match. Um, it wasn't Are a casket sure? match. <laughs> I'm never sure of anything. That's the beautiful thing about professional wrestling. You're never goddamn sure. Um, in any case, though, but yeah, it's like I do remember this though because it was a. I think it was Royal Rumble. It was against Shawn Michaels. Yes, it was. It was the Shawn Michaels match. Undertaker was having a casket match against Shawn Michaels. Um, Kane showed up, costed the cast, uh, costed Taker the match, threw Taker in the um, in the casket, and then uh, him and Paul Bearer wheeled it away in front of the crowd and magically set it on fire. And the Taker disappeared for like two months, and then the next two months, it just was like they had like the whole. And again, this is where I love professional wrestling because professional wrestling does the whole suspension of disbelief. And I've always said it too. It's like professional wrestling is not fun when you don't have paranormal experiences in it. And that was the whole gimmick behind The Undertaker and Kane was that they were the paranormal side of things because they were based off like they were trying to work a biblical uh, biblical section of the whole thing where Kane's like, he's got the mask, he's got the mark, he's he's going to go on and become the champion. Nobody could beat Kane, yada, yada, yada. And then, of course, Undertaker shows up. And I remember that that fateful day when he shows up, that lightning bolt strikes the casket, the same casket that he was setting fire of, by the way. So again, suspension of disbelief out the window. Um. You know, that lightning bolt happens, and then all of a sudden, here's like seven foot tall, freaking Mark Calloway Undertaker with a freaking mic attached to the side of his face announcing Kane. It's just like, I've come back for you, Kane. I'm just like, 
God damn, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> 13-year-old Steve was very invested in professional wrestling back then. Actually, if I remember correctly, that wouldn't have been 13-year-old Steve. That would have been like 16-year-old Steve because, well, no. It was 1998 or 1999. Are you yeah, kidding me? Current-year-old Steve is invested in wrestling. Right? I don't know what you're talking about. don't know what you're talking about at all. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I thought it's not like I don't watch current wrestling or participate in current wrestling in the slightest bit. I mean, I probably could do my own podcast on it. Not that I want to, but I probably could. Well, before we wrap it up, there's one last cane that I can remember off the top of my head, and this has to deal with the comics. Um, and this actually has to deal with Spider-Man. Um, in the Clone Saga, the one of the villain, one of the clones of Spider-Man is actually called Kane. Um, he's deformed. I think he's deformed, but he has similar. Uh, the Clone Saga is kind of a messed up thing. Uh, from most comic re- writers, readers, it was back in the night. Uh, the Clone Saga came out in the nineties. And if you were one of the critics that were uh, that were reading comics at the time, you'd be like, "And this is why we don't let accountants make the decisions on why on making comic book storylines." Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, the the red the red the red black suit Spider Man that was Kane, if I remember correctly. No, 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 no. Um, that's Doppelganger, I think. Was that Doppelganger? He had a lot of clones. Okay. Yeah, during the Clone Saga, different clones of Spider Man that was running around. Doppelganger was one of them. Which is Spider Man with a weird. I remember Doppelganger. Uh, with six arms and six arms. teeth. Yeah, and wasn't a fully functional thinking clone. Like, his rationale was that of, like, I just want to kill and eat everything. Did mm-hmm. I kill mm-hmm, correctly? And then there is um, Kane. Basically, the clone saga was messed up because you also had Ben Riley, who was also Spider Man. Then you have Peter Parker, who is also Spider Man. Then you have. Uh, and then you have the Scarlet Spider, and then you also had Kane was one of the clones. And the way Kane, uh, Kane comes out is that Kane has a black suit with razor claws at the end of it and a short cape. That's right. And gigantic hair because it's super 90s. That's right. I okay. All he's missing is 800 pockets. I thought we were talking about Spider Man, not Final Fantasy. Uh, it's the 90s. Not comics in the 90s has everyone has pockets for days. Fair point. Have you seen how many pockets that actually Final Fantasy was belts? Yeah, Final Fantasy was belts. Comics were pockets. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Final Fantasy 10 Luna Lula, Lulu 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 has like 800 belts. And so, wasn't it until someone showed me a picture of it? Like, oh, that's a cute dress. Look at the dress. Wait a minute, that's just belts. That was actually due to a uh, rivalry between the. Uh, uh, the artist and the animators from what I've heard. All I remember was it's a bit of a segue, but um, they were giving him crap about designing characters with so many belts. So he created a character who had a dress that was entirely belts. And so to get back at him for that, the animators, because it'd be a pain in the butt to animate all those belts only showed her from the waist up for the rest of the game. Yep. I remember that. I always thought that was a little on the odd side too, but yeah, yeah I do remember that. Because it's like, because it, if you remember correctly too, and it's like we'll we'll uh, we'll get back on the subject of Kane here and wrap things up though too. But this actually did start off with Squall, who had belts up the wazoo and belts that didn't make sense. He had fucking thigh strap belts for God's sakes, like the hell. A thigh strap belt would make sense if you're carrying something on your thigh, but he's not. He didn't carry anything on his thigh though. That was the thing. So it wasn't like he had a gun that he slipped in his thigh. That thing was always on his back. 
So in in any case, so like I said, we don't want to get too off track. But that yeah, that's funny as hell. That's that's funny tidbit. Like that's you know, there's a podcast you could talk about right there for Gaming Theater Presents: The History of Gaming Belts. Actually, that's going to be coming up. There's a uh, uh, Zombie Hand. It will be on for one about fashion specifically in costume design and specifically for the final fantasy side that'll be an interesting one to check it out um oh i want to be a part of that but yeah so with that all of those have been uh but these are basically canes if you uh i guess my final thought or anyone's final thoughts on this is canes just a shortcut one word cane boom if they do anything villainous anything aggressive you just have a shorthand for it you know who the bad guy is for that because they're named cane Pretty much, yeah. If you at home happen to know any other canes that we have missed, feel free to pop it up in our Twitter feed um, at, game, at Gaming Theater. We, uh, I'm always there, hanging out. And it's kind of neat to see if anybody else can think of other things. Our next episode will be coming out on July 15th. And unless anybody has anything else, I think we're wrapping this one up. This is Gaming Theater Podcast, logging out. Good night, everybody. Can't wait until the next one, guys. We'll see you around. Take care. Bye, everyone. Thanks for stopping by. Gaming Theater Podcast is hosted, created, produced, and edited by Leo Garcia, the Geek Scorpio. Our music is a drinking game. Stock media provided by Stormwave Audio slash Pond5. Our cover art is by Adam Parker. You can find him at ParkerGFX on Twitter. If you want to send us some financial support to help with producing things for Gaming Theater, you can do so at patreon.com slash gamingtheaterpresents. It helps us out. Want to send support that doesn't hit your wallet? Please leave a review with wherever you hear your podcasts and share our podcast with your friends. It really helps out. Thank you for listening. <laughs>